Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and joining me again this week, again from across the pond, William Gallagher. Welcome, William. Hey, hello. <laughs> nice to be back. Nothing going on, though, is there? Nothing going on. Oh, well, listen. <laughs> you know, we're in those, those few weeks leading up to WWDC where there's many leaks and rumors and software things that might be coming out. So, yes, it's an interesting time. It's fun to talk about. I was going to ask, too, do you guys say across the pond over there? Did that originate from yes. those guys? Okay. Oh, good point. Uh, yes, though we obviously we mean it going the other direction, clearly. Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, okay, just curious. Let's jump into the news because uh, there was a lot that's come out this week. Something that actually just came out, uh, actually a little concerning piece of news. Apple removed the podcast app Pocket Casts from the Chinese app store at the request of the Chinese government. This is curious. There's not a lot of details as to why. Just the fact that it's been removed at the request of Cyberspace Administration of China, which was not an organization I, I was aware of until just today. Mm-hmm. Curious that they singled out Pocket Cast as a podcast app to be removed. They didn't remove all podcast apps, just that one. Pocket Cast made the statement that this uh, really looks like a censorship play. And uh, again, it's concerning because, you know, we've talked about podcasting as an industry in the last couple of weeks with the Joe Rogan and Spotify deal and will podcasts lock being locked to a certain app or platform. So while we don't have a lot of details about it, it is a, a little concerning and uh, definitely feel for, I think it's Shifty Jelly is the company that makes Pocket Cast, but it's actually my <laughs> podcast app of choice. And so I, I feel for them. It feels like uh, removing a shelf when you want to constrain the books. Um <laughs> Pocket Cast itself <laughs> presumably doesn't do anything, does it? It just lets right. you out podcasts that they all do. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's curious. it feels like it's the start of something, which is scary. Right. And again, you know, if podcasts do get locked into platforms like Spotify or even Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast, then you would be losing access to that book yes. on the shelf. Yeah. Curious how that's going to play out. Hopefully we get more details about that in the near future. Uh, Also, something that has been removed, Apple announced that it's going to discontinue its software iBooks Author in July, and it plans to do the same for iTunes U. This was something that they had mentioned a while ago. I wanted to point it out because it's actually a piece of software that I love dearly because I actually jumped on it when it came out years ago and actually put together some very interactive iBooks for a travel company I worked for. And uh, it was a great piece of software. It is not to say that Apple is removing the ability to publish iBooks to its platform. It's just now built those features into pages. So if you want to publish on the iBook store, you have to create it in the Pages app, and you can publish to iBooks directly from there. But uh, I fondly remember the iBooks Author app, uh, and I thought it was pretty nice piece of software. So I didn't, did you have any experience with iBooks author? Yes, but quite the opposite of yours. I have slightly less fun. Oh, really? I think it looks great. I loved yeah. what it was capable of doing, but it, it seemed to me when I used it, whenever you did quite big titles, it yeah. would crash a lot. So that's mm. what I kept. And I think that's what eventually made me wander away yes. uh, from it. I'm sorry to see it go, but it hasn't. I mean, the the clue is in the name, isn't it? iBooks author. Right. They haven't been called iBooks in years. So when Apple did a mm. recent push for books, it was the very odd thing at the end that this is how you make them. One of the things that was I thought was really cool is when you know eBooks 
were a thing. Obviously, when this came out, you can get Amazon eBooks and Kindle, but it was the first time you can make really kind of video or graphics heavy eBooks. It would only be available on the iBooks platform. You couldn't publish it to Amazon Kindle because it was kind of Apple's proprietary format, but you could put like video clips and you can do interactive, you know, graphics and tap for more information kind of stuff. And it was pretty cool what you could do with it. Supposedly that lives in pages now. I'm not sure if all the functionality lives there, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, iBooks author and iTunes U, which I always aspired to jump into iTunes U and watch hours and hours of lectures, but I never did. I watched one, but it was excellent. (laughs) I really liked it. Yeah, it was, and it was amazing. I mean, you could watch things from Oxford and Harvard and all these universities, and it seemed like you could take entire courses for free Mm. in iTunes U. Unfortunately, I never took advantage of that. So another piece of news, we got some details of iOS 13.6, a one that you would be able to add symptom details to the health app. So if you're experiencing a cough or experiencing a sore throat, that you could put those symptoms into the health app and then track those over time, which I think would be a beneficial uh, feature there. And the ability to auto-update and auto-install iOS on your devices. And so you've been able to tell your devices to auto-download when a saw an iOS update comes through, but you always had to manually trigger it to actually install or install overnight or what have you. iOS 13.6 may add a toggle that allows you to just tell it, update my phone as soon as the update comes out, you know, when I plug it in overnight, uh, you know, don't even ask me to manually do it um, and it'll go for it. Are you one of those that uh, install updates on day one, hour one? I want to say no. Uh, there are times it comes up and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to sleep. get on with it. Uh, but uh, I am usually glad that I haven't. I've waited a couple of days. There have been enough times when it's been an issue that I was relieved. I didn't. Are you a leaper on a immediate person? I used to leap so far as to do the betas whenever they came out, but that taught me a lesson to to not do that on yes. my main main device. <laughs> that is a yes, not not a good yes. option. But when it comes to the the public releases of iOS updates, I do jump on them with bugs and all. So I'll probably enable this, but also probably enable it on you know friends and family who kind of don't know about updates and when they come out and what have you and. You know, rather than me asking them, oh, do you have the latest software or do you have this? You know, it'd be nice to know that their devices are just auto-updating. That's actually, that would solve a problem for me. Uh, My 89-year-old mother got really worried when there was a notice saying, it will be updated tonight. Right. What I got to do and things. Oh, right, sold. I'm having that. Thank you very much. Yes. And also another feature that might be coming to 13.6 is the ability to remember where you left off reading Apple news articles. And you and I have discussed news a a little bit. I am kind of increasingly using the news app because of current events and wanting to read, you know, articles about it. The Apple News Plus slowly tempting me as I, like you, keep running into articles that I can't read because I I stopped my subscription. But this ability to pick up where you left off in these Apple News articles is pretty tempting. I think I like that. Uh, I've had, I'm, it's curious you say that about um, you reading the reasons you're reading more. I find I'm now I, I am paying for subscription again. I am looking for reasons to justify it to myself, mm. and one of them is to escape all of the news uh, yeah. and read obscure magazines. Oh, okay. There are there are some weird magazines out there, you know, <laughs> but I've been having a very good time. 
Okay, that, that is interesting. I'd like to have you uh, maybe talk about some of those if you're comfortable with. <laughs> I'd like to know what those weird ones are. Okay, Cowboys and Indians. Oh. Who knew there could be a magazine called And I went into it thinking, what could it possibly be about? And then I ended up getting really interested in the feature about the anniversary of Dances with Wolves and things. Wow. So, you know. Is it historical? Is it fictional? I'm like, not what kind sure of... yet. It oh, okay. seems <laughs> a very big grab bag uh, of everything, but it was the one that led to me. Uh, I can't possibly find anything interesting in there, and of course I did straight away. So Interesting. Lots of music titles as well. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, one of the other features that uh, Apple News might be coming out with is audio versions of articles, where if you wanted to listen to an article read to you, that Apple News would give you that ability. I've found li- kind of a mixed experience with things like that. You know, you could always highlight text and have the accessibility feature read to you on your iPhone or iPad, but it sounds very robotic and it's not, you know, paced correctly. But I think this would be actual, you know, custom audio recordings of these articles by actual people. Yeah. You know, almost like a, a person narrating the article for you. So I'd be curious to try that, especially lengthier articles, maybe listening on a drive or, you know, listening in my AirPods, so. Oh, good point. I mean, I, I love uh, radio drama. I write radio drama. I don't like audio books. I just don't get into them. And I read so quickly that I will be gone through an article at certainly 10 times faster than it can be read. So for me, it's, a, it's a quite a laborious listen. But I used to have quite long drives um, regularly. And actually, that, that might, you've just changed my mind again. <laughs> okay. No, no, two for two. All right, doing all right. Oh. Yeah, we'll have to once we get to our wants for WWDC. I'll see if I could change your mind there too. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last couple bits of news. It is rumored that Apple is going to launch an in-store Mac trade-in program in the United States and in Canada. You've always been able to trade in an iPhone or Apple Watch in-store. You know, walk in, they'll give you a trade-in price, you know, gift card type thing, and you can do it. And they're planning to bring that to the Mac. Previously, you'd have to mail it away. It was an online trade-in program. You know, you do your serial number, they give you a quote, and you mail your Mac away. And so now, you might be able to do that in the store. Which, on the heels of this other rumor, one of the biggest news pieces that came out this week is that the transition to ARM chips that has been talked about by Ming-Chin Kuo and Prosser, this transition to ARM might be coming as soon as WWDC in just a couple weeks that the big announcement might come. And I find it very curious, and I think Wesley on Twitter also commented on this, Curious that they start a Mac trade-in program and then also a rumored ARM Mac launch coming or announcement, at least in WWDC. Seems very convenient mm. to be able to trade in your old Intel Mac for an Apple chip-equipped Mac. Mm. So, I don't know. Seems curious. Yeah, I, you can trace the ARM rumors back uh, just about 10 years now. So, <laughs> I, I do think it's going to happen and I, I would not be at all surprised here. But uh, I... I'm not sure. I don't see Apple's WWDC or event organizer thinking, hmm, we could do that. Yeah, maybe, but I'm less sold. It's like a positive conspiracy theory you've got there, a good <laughs> conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm still wary. But at least it's only Mac trade-ins, isn't it? So the fact that you have promised me your iPad Pro mm, uh, that's, that's, that doesn't change. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. So you are you then uh, not as bullish on the rumor that ARM Mac announcement might be coming at WWDC? 
I'm I'm really torn over it. I, I, I think I've got the stage where I'm expecting it. I'm oddly not fussed. As interested as I am, I think I don't care whether it particularly comes on uh, this WWDC or by the end of the year. We know it's coming and I, I think everything will transition over eventually. And I'm fascinated at the journey, but I suppose I'm, I'm not in the market for the machines yet. Mm. So I don't know. I'm or My head is actually drawn to the rumoured iMac more. Uh, I might just be short-termism there and I like iMacs. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I take it you are really keen on this yes i am very curious you know i do have a, a 16 inch macbook pro and so i don't plan on buying a new portable mac soon but i do have a 2015 imac sitting in my home office and that one is feeling long in the tooth we'll say you know it does not have thunderbolt 3 or USB-C, and it's plenty fast ish but i, I kind of bought a base line iMac just to have in the house and for the family to use. So for video editing and such, I don't like to use it because it's pretty slow. And, you know, I have my 16-inch MacBook Pro that's pretty souped up. And I tried using things like Luna Display to see if can I use my iMac as an external display for my 16-inch. And unfortunately, Luna Display has been pretty laggy and, and buggy, especially with Catalina. Oh, really? uh, you know, they, they admittedly said, you know, they've been really struggling to, you know, get it working well with Catalina. And because I update everything on day one, I have Catalina everywhere. So it does not bode well for me. Right. Anyway, the idea of ARM maybe coming to iMac uh, is definitely curious to me. And like you said, and we could touch on it now, one of the other rumors is that a new iMac refresh will come at the WWDC keynote. The last time the iMac had a spec bump was March 2019, so over a year ago. But the design actually dates, uh, I think the 2012 yes. iMac was the first one that was the thin version that really hasn't changed much up until today. So, you know, you're looking at almost eight years of the same design. I do say it's probably about time it was refreshed. And the rumor is that it'll have an iPad Pro style design language, maybe like the squared edges, stuff like that. And it would have the T2 security chip. Curious, again, how that is going to work on a desktop machine. You know, we have Touch ID in the MacBook Pros and the T2 security chip built in there. But with a desktop that has a separate keyboard and mouse, wireless even, how that security would work. Would we see a magic keyboard with Touch ID built in that's wireless. Not sure. What did you think? Magic keyboard with Touch ID and a touch bar. I quite, I think I fancy that. T2 does a lot of things. Um, right. Um, I have a Mac mini now that has T2, but I use a regular uh, wireless keyboard in it. So I don't think having the T2 means having all of the features of the T2, but you would want that. And it does seem about Time. I'm just nostalgic for the 2012 iMac because I bought one of those and it lasted me six years and many books until it just collapsed in a corner and died <laughs> on me. Right. You know, maybe with the T2 chip, I, this was not part of the news, but I wonder if Face ID might come to the desktop with this redesign. If it really has the iPad Pro style design language and the T2 chip, maybe we would get Face ID in an iMac for the first time, or in any, in any Mac uh, for the first time. That I would be very uh, curious about. Although I, I'm so bleary in the mornings when I sit in front of the screen, I'd have to prop myself up <laughs> to unlock the Mac. Yeah, it could be. Maybe that's it. It's a health thing. 
that's ah, what that's doing. it. Get your posture going. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah, I do find on my iMac, when it prompts for passwords in some places, I can double click on my Apple Watch to authenticate. Yes. And uh, that's convenient, but it is kind of a level of abstraction. You know, I, I'm waiting for the password thing to do something, and then I realize, oh, right, I need to click my watch. Yeah, same here. It, it takes that beat to realize that's what the tap on your wrist was. Yes, I don't get used to it. I like it, but I don't get used to it. So curious. So it'd be nice if you're just staring at the iMac and it just authenticates because it's Face ID. Cool. We'll see. Remember, the keynote for WWDC is Monday, June 22nd. And I'll say it here and I'll say it again on the at the end of the show, but we're going to do a a special kind of roundup episode of the podcast that'll release that afternoon on the 22nd. So if you want to hear all about the announcements from WWDC, check out the podcast episode that will drop that afternoon. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is an incredible learning platform that's all online, and you can get Masterclass apps on all your devices. When you use Masterclass, you can learn about a wide variety of topics from experts in their field. You can learn about science and scientific thinking from Neil deGrasse Tyson. You can learn about the art of negotiation from Chris Voss. You can learn about humor and writing from David Sedaris and so much more. I've actually done the Hans Zimmer course on music scoring, which I loved. And with the whole new SpaceX and NASA collaboration that we're now going back into space after nine years, been brushing up with that Neil deGrasse Tyson course on scientific thinking, communication, space, and astronomy. It's an incredible course. If you love Neil deGrasse Tyson on that Cosmos series, you would love him in the Masterclass. And Masterclass actually has new highlight reels from some of their courses. You've heard me talk about the Chris Voss course on the art of negotiation. I think it is a great course, especially if you're in business for yourself or you're a freelancer. Great tools for communication and negotiating some of those contract deals you may be doing. And his course actually now has a highlight reel that you can watch in Masterclass. I love the Masterclass platform because it's wherever I want to watch it. My Apple TV, my iPad, or my iPhone. And if I want to jump over to audio only because I want to listen while I drive in the car, I can do that on my iPhone. I can switch from audio to video with just the tap of a button. Individual lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length, and so it can be great to fit in the time you have, like on a lunch break. And whatever you're interested in, whether it's makeup and beauty or humor and writing or cooking, there is a masterclass for you. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass, and as an Apple Insider listener, you get 15% off the annual all-access pass. And you're going to want to take more than one class. And so when you get that all-access pass, you can watch any of the masterclasses whenever you want. Go to masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. That's masterclass.com slash Apple Insider for 15% off Masterclass. Our thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. All right. So you had a big roundup article about what to expect at WWDC. And so I'd love to go through some of those things and then maybe talk about some of our wants and hopes and dreams mm. of things that Apple will announce at WWDC. People, oh, it's not that people misunderstand WWDC. I think we focus on bits, more, some bits more than others. So the majority of people in the world who pay attention would think WWDC is that hour and a half, two hour keynote presentation 
and that's it. And I think that we're going to get that in some form and it will do the same job it always does, which is twofold. It will set up the week for developers and it will tell the world what Apple wants the world to know. It's a big spotlight on the company. This is the first thing approaching an event they've done all year. They will leverage that spotlight as much as they can. And I think they've got that, I'm sure they've got that nailed down. My concern is the rest of the week, mm. uh, the sessions with the developers, they're all, it's all going to be streamed on video even more than before. You just have to wait for a while to see, but now it'll be live. Mm. I don't know how they're going to arrange the one-to-ones with developers. Uh, and I, how can they match the, as a regular WWDC, if you're a developer, you can be sitting there at a Mac, Xcode is throwing up new errors you've never seen before, and the engineer who built Xcode is next to you, sorting that with you. Right. That's an incredibly valuable thing that we as users don't see at first, but benefits us down the line. I'm wondering whether or not the things we're going to enjoy out of WWDC will come later than usual, because developers will take longer than usual to get to it. But that said, I think you were really talking about specific features, weren't you? So is it time to rub our hands and discuss? (laughs) I think so. The one hardware thing that you had uh, pointed out, you know, obviously we talked about maybe the iMac will come out. Uh, Our Macs, again, remains to be seen. But the AirTags, Mm. you know, that's been rumored for the past several months, you believe we'll see that at WWDC? Well, as far as you can tell from outside, it feels like it's ready, that it can go whenever... Mm is necessary. I mean, Apple's really good at this. I think uh, they know exactly when to release something to get the maximum attention and sales that they can. And I also know they don't hold on to things for it. This, I think the planning is, is incredible. So if I'm right that AirTags are available, this would be a good time to put them out, except AirTags are clearly bound in very tightly with uh, the Find My feature in iOS, mm-hmm. which is going to get some improvements in iOS 14. So does Apple wheel out AirTags now and say, you don't need iOS 14, the old one's fine, or does it hold it back and say, you need to get out great new software in a few months? It feels like a weird time and could go either way, but I'm really keen for them to come out sometime, please. Yes, and you know, this is one of the things where Apple has an advantage when it's a new product category. It doesn't need to wait till they're immediately available to announce them because they're not going to cannibalize sales of an earlier product. Uh, You know, Apple doesn't want to announce the iPhone 12 and it not go on sale for four months because it's going to cannibalize sales of the iPhone 11. So with AirTags being a completely new product category, it could announce it at WWDC and say they're coming out in the fall, you know, along with iOS 14 and all that kind of stuff. So possible, you know, announce, maybe not available yet, or maybe announce and release, but some features not be available until the fall. So we'll have to see. Now, as far as software, let's talk about the Mac for a second. Between this week and next week, you know, I'd like to talk about kind of some things that we're hoping for, things that we kind of know are coming and how we feel about them. And so this week, really talk about Mac OS and maybe touch on tvOS. One of the things that seems to be clear is going to be coming is a a drastically updated messages app on the Mac that we might see a Catalyst app replace the current messages app on the Mac. And I have some mixed feelings about this for sure uh, because some of the Catalyst apps that we see now, a la home and podcasts and voice memos, kind of miss some features that the current messages app does, such as multiple windows. You know, right now you could open a conversation in messages and break it out into a separate window. 
And currently, Catalyst apps do not offer that ability. And so I'm curious if we will lose some features with this transition to Catalyst, a Catalyst messages app, or if they'll update Catalyst to include things like that. Only, I actually hadn't thought of the multiple windows thing. That's really interesting. It's just, I'm conscious that Apple has publicly said Catalyst is a multi-year step. And are we, is this into our second or third year of it? This will be the third WWDC, so. Uh, so I expect things will move on. I don't think they did, they didn't visibly move on last time, but maybe this is it. And this will be a great shining example of newness in Catalyst. I hadn't right. thought of that before the second, but uh, I could see it. Yeah, I'm not anti-catalyst. Um, yeah, I, I realised I tried the voice memos app. I tried the home one. Didn't find them of any use, but I do occasionally use the news one on my Mac. Right. So do I. It's not as good an experience somehow. So Now, one app I do hope comes to the Mac, and if it's via Catalyst or something else, you know, I have no issue with, but I would love to see shortcuts come to the Mac. Oh. This is a, a huge deal for me. You know, I have many shortcuts. I have some that I use for Apple Insider when formatting an article or formatting links mm -hmm. and, you know, having to copy and paste back and forth because I have to do it on the shortcuts on my iPad to then paste it on the Mac. I would love to see shortcuts come to the Mac. I know some of these shortcuts will break because obviously they sync via iCloud right now. And typically most of them can do on the iPhone, whatever it can do on the iPad. But having some of them go to the Mac, I'm not sure. I'm sure there'll be some that break, maybe some that uh, will have some missing features. But either way, I would love to see shortcuts on the Mac. Forgetting the fact that I totally agree, I'm shocked at you. Isn't Apple <laughs> Script enough for you? You know, I wish I would have understood Apple Script more and taking the time to learn it, but I don't I don't know it. I use uh, Keyboard Maestro and Hazel a lot, and both of them have the ability to run an Apple Script. Amongst everything else they do, you can tell it at this point, run an Apple Script. So I've written very short Apple Scripts to squirt inside, or sometimes, frankly, copied them off the internet and adapted them. Uh, so I've got used to the power of it. Um, I would like shortcuts, uh, because I really like shortcuts, they cross-platform ability. And um, what you're saying there about the copy and pasting between things. I, I have one I use where the, I have a really complicated formatted document I regularly get. I select it on the Mac. I just hit paste into the shortcut on my iPhone. And because it's my iPhone, mm -hmm. it just pastes the thing in, does what it does, and puts back on the clipboard exactly what I want. And I paste it on the Mac. So I barely look at the iPhone screen uh, as I'm doing it all. So the fact that you can yeah. do that is great. But if you could just squirt the results around for me. Yes, that would be yeah. nice. You know, and the, the iCloud copy-paste thing across devices, I find it works 75% of the time. Yes. You know, yes. and it's it's just not enough to be annoying, um, if that makes sense. And so I'm, I've done it a couple of times, and sometimes it'll work great for, you know, 20 minutes. I'll go back and forth, back and forth, and it's great. And then sometimes it just will not read what I copied on one device and, and paste it on the other. So... I'd love to see that improved across devices overall. Yeah. And in addition to that, I would love to have clipboard management built in to the Mac and iOS devices. This is something where they have lots of third-party apps. Uh, I think Keyboard Maestro does it. Um, I yeah. use Copy Clip. There's Copied. We've talked about clipboard managers before. Yeah, Alfred. Yeah, yeah Alfred could do it. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to another show, though, and I never thought about the security implications of an app 
It has access to everything you copy and paste. Some apps you can say, you know, ignore 1Password or ignore these apps when I copy and paste. So there are some security features, but overall, I would like to have Apple first-party built-in clipboard management option. That also then works with the whole syncing thing. Um, You know, I don't know how it would do that or if it would be its standalone app. And we can get to this when we talk about iCloud Keychain in a second. But either way, I would like to see some built-in clipboard management on the Mac. As long as it makes more people find the wonder that is clipboard management, then I'm, I'm all for that. I think once you've experienced it, you never go back. Right. But it's not the most exciting sounding thing, isn't it? Here, I'm going to tell you about clipboard management. Yeah, right, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you really... Without it now. Right, yeah, you really have to use it to understand how powerful uh, it's a, a feature it is. Yes. Yeah, maybe they'll build it in. And along with, you know, how could they do that across platforms... Keychain support. Now, I use 1Password for the most part uh, in dealing with my logins and such, but I do save things to iCloud Keychain as well. I like the redundancy and having it in two places. And iCloud Keychain honestly just comes up first everywhere, you know, on the Mac or on iOS. The managing those logins and passwords is not great. You know, on iOS, you have to go to settings, passwords and accounts, passwords, And then, you know, it's not a very organized list of your stuff. You can search and stuff, but it's not powerful. And it doesn't do one-time password support, you know, for that two-factor authentication options. Mm. And so I would love to see, especially the one-time password support, come to iCloud Keychain, but also maybe a better app. You know, on the Mac, you have Keychain Access, which is feels like a super old app. And again, not really user-friendly, not really made to manage your logins from it. And same with iOS, you know, not great keychain uh, management features there. So I would love to see better iCloud keychain features, maybe even a standalone app for that. I had truly forgotten that there was a keychain app on the Mac. Mm-hmm. I, I just go through Safari's passwords when I want something uh, out of it. And I find it a bit laborious for it. And I much prefer 1Password for things, but I truly forgot. I can't yeah. remember. It, was, it could be five. 10 years since I last opened it. I don't know how long it's been there. Okay. Yeah, well, it's there. Did, uh, that means the current one is a new app to me. I'm happy. I'll use that. <laughs> but you want an extra. I think a better one. You know, if you look at it, it's definitely one of those utility apps that you know Apple has not touched it in many years. I've used it to kind of quickly pull a Wi-Fi password. Hmm. You know, if I want to figure out what the Wi-Fi password is for some network that I'm connected to, uh, it's pretty good for that. Not much else. It's not super user-friendly or visually appealing. We'd like to see that improved. Now, here, here comes the pain point, William, because I want Markdown support in Notes. And the reason being, I am straddling the fence at the moment because I am trying to find the best way to collaborate in Notes. A little inside baseball, we had been using Google Docs for the show, Apple Insider, but... You know, there's not great direct sharing features from like Safari on iOS or the Mac to get into Google Docs. Tried moving us to Notes, which has been a little bit of a pain point because half the time the note shares with you or whoever is on the show and half the time it doesn't. I have to send it multiple times. So the collaboration features are not solid. And I am half using Bear because I use the Markdown support and the ability to copy as HTML, which I do for the article that goes up for the post on Apple Insider every week. 
going to notes for the collaborative notes, and that doesn't fully support Markdown, and I find the notes app to be just not very good. So what what is your, your issue with Markdown in the notes app? It's Markdown everywhere that I personally <laughs> dislike. Uh, really? I, I, I think it's a great idea, and it's tremendous. It's whenever you are forced to use it when an app requires it that it, it throws up problems for me yeah. uh, for example I am I'm often a journalist of course that's why I'm here I very often uh, quote people and I need to put an explanatory point in the middle of their comments the witness said open quotes I'm going to get him square brackets the defendant close square brackets mm. end quote fine we all understand what that means. The person didn't say it, but it's a clarifying thing, so we understand. You hit that open square bracket on any implementation of Markdown, and it starts trying to reformat the paragraph. Yeah. Now, if you are an absolute nut for Markdown, the thing you are thinking this moment is yes, but you can have uh, an escape character. Okay, Markdown is supposed to be easier than anything else. It's supposed to be much better than, you know, Command B for bold or something. And yet I'm suddenly going to have to think about escape characters to just write the text. And then you have things like, I love the idea, is it Markdown that will uh, do close the brackets for you? Yes. Around some, if you do an open bracket, it'll close it. Yeah, well, what's the point of that? Because I've still got to take my hand off the keys and cursor past the closing bracket to carry on the quotes or whatever it is. So there was a, a Markdown edge called, I think, Type, I can't remember if it's still around, it was utterly gorgeous, but because you cannot not use Markdown in it. And I was constantly having these problems. Forget it. And then Ulysses, I actually found a way in Ulysses to switch off Markdown right. so I could do this. And I asked the developers about it, and they didn't know you could do it. They didn't know what? that you could switch this off. It was some weird, convoluted thing I'd stumbled across. And I don't know if it's still there, but in the end, I gave up on Ulysses and I went to drafts where I think drafts probably can support Markdown, but it doesn't make you. Right. Do it. So if you like Markdown, great. If you're going to force me to use it, no, no, no. Goodbye. No, 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 not forced. And also, U Ulysses is unique because you can actually customize Markdown syntax. Yes. Where if you wanted to have the brackets not do what they normally do in Markdown, you could tell it. Ulysses, I have a love-hate relationship. I, I love the idea of the app, and I want to be able to use it. But more often than not, I find myself fiddling with the many settings and never really getting into just writing. Like I feel, I don't know, that push and pull. So yeah, I like you. I, I didn't stick with Ulysses, but the thing about the Notes app, especially on the Mac, it's like half and half. Like if you do an asterisk and type something, Notes will automatically start a bulleted list for you, which is like Markdown. You know, you asterisk a bulleted list. And so no, I definitely don't want anyone to be forced to have to use Markdown. But I would appreciate if it at least gave me the bold italic and the the link syntax for Markdown. Because that's the biggest thing is I deal with a lot of links, pulling links in for the show notes and wanting to format that. With Bear, Bear, you can paste a link and you can tell it, you know, take the title from the article and make that the text and make it a clickable hyperlink. You can tell it to do that. Or you can tell it to ignore the fact that it's a link and just paste the link in plain text. Don't try to pull the title and format it that way. With notes, it's like a roll of the dice. You can see even in the notes that we are sharing now, the article that iOS 13.6 remembers where you left off in Apple News articles, notes decided to make that a rich text link 
but none of the other ones. That's true. And I mm-hmm. can't find a way, like if I try to copy and paste this link, it won't like in no way give me a way to have the title become a rich text link. And so it's it's kind of this like, what is it, Schrodinger's cat? It's like a Schrodinger cat box of links. You know, maybe it'll do a rich text link, maybe it won't. You won't know uh, until you do it. I can make it do the, just put the URL in. When I, I write the monthly, um, monthly review feature for Apple Insider, and I'm saving interesting stories along the way. Uh, if I drag it on, it's usually rich text in the title, but not always, like you say. If I know that I just want the link, I have a shortcut that does a kind of paste plane, and it just pops that in. So I find that. I may have to look at that. Well, I, I would just like it to be better. <laughs> Overall, the, the notes experience, even if they just better the collaboration aspect of it, and so it's not so um, I don't know, hit or miss. But anyway, so I would love to see iCloud Drive uh, have better sharing features. Again, it's it works. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, does it? Does it? <laughs> Sometimes. I actually remember talking to you about this when they, Apple had finally released it, and the steps to set it up uh, are just strange the sequence of them is like it's trying to lead you to mistakes and i realized i haven't gone back since we had that conversation whenever that was so i have one shared folder that i use and uh, trying to persuade other people to use it it's proving difficult but they're not mac users once it's set up it seems okay like i'm sharing a folder with andrew for homekit insider and that seems to be holding up you know he put stuff in i put stuff in and it syncs okay it's a very good show, by the way. I really like that show. Thank you. I appreciate that. But anyway, I would like it just to be, again, better sharing, more straightforward, clear what you're doing, you know. Uh, and just a couple other things, and I'd love to hear if you have any wants and desires, but a better Catalina, basically just a better Mac OS, <laughs> <laughs> less uh, bugs. You know, I would love to see, of all the features that I just said I want, I would also love to be, I would be fine with less features and more bug fixes and optimization from macOS. You want the Snow Leopard version yes. of Catalina. Snow Catalina. That's yes. what you want. Yes, that would be great. Although I don't know if snow ever falls. You're not going to get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then also, I don't know if you use the stock mail, calendar, and contacts apps on the Mac. And this goes for iOS too. Those also feel a little neglected. I use mail uh, and calendar and contacts when I have to, but I also use Fantastical on all my devices, because I prefer that. But those feel like they're long overdue for, and maybe with a Catalina version across all devices, it, they could do a better version, but those feel a little neglected to me. I don't know if you use those. Uh, I use Mail a lot, and, and I keep trying other things that are coming back. I actually really like Apple's Mail. I think they've done it very well. Yeah. But yeah, I've swapped to Fantastico years ago. I use CardHub on the Mac for contacts. The only thing I would really love to see improved is actually on iOS Mail. Um, I, I would long to be able to share something from Mail directly into my to-do app, OmniFocus and things. You can forward the email, you can do all sorts of things. Be able to just tap one button and send it off would be very useful. Yeah, so I like that. But yeah, I'm actually a fan of Mail. I might be the only person, but I am. No. Whereas I don't like the calendar calendar app. No. Right. Yeah, I use Mac Mail too, and I, and I'm fine with it. And you know, I've never found an alternative that I prefer. You know, when it comes to email, a utilitarian type app feels just fine. You know what I mean? You're just dealing with text, <laughs> uh, in a words. We'll see if they do anything different with it. And finally, this is uh, leaving the Mac platform just for a moment. 
talking about uh, tvOS, I would just love to see a, an improved up next TV app and maybe some better distinguishing <laughs> names for all these things as far as Apple TV, okay. the app, the service, the hardware, the platform, <laughs> and all that. But uh, just that being a little better understanding when's going to come up. Right now, Apple is really pushing their dear dot, dot, dot series. And so whenever I try to go to my up next queue on Apple TV, that really is just kind of the only thing that pops up. And so I don't trust it to bring to the forward what I was watching before, whatever series or movie. So I'd like to see that a little improved. I do think in some ways you've got to give Apple some credit for the fact that they don't ram their own shows down you when you go into the app. You recommended Defending Jacob to me and as soon as you said it I went off and looked at it and I had to click so often to get through to the section to find, I suppose because I just searched, I've only just thought of that, but uh, I was looking for this great new series and I did eventually want it, but it took me so long I had to go off and do something else so I've only seen the trailer so uh, but it does look very good. So. Yeah they do, once once they stop pushing one of their shows on the homepage, it is seems to hard, it's hard to find. Again, be, like if there was just an app called Apple TV Plus and only Apple TV Plus shows were in it, I feel like that would be more straightforward. Oh, if I want to find Defending Jacob, I'll go there. Yeah. But to go to the Apple TV app on an Apple TV, it has everything. It has the services that you integrate. It has movie rentals and TV shows. So not Apple's TV shows. And it's, so it could be uh, confusing for sure. And it doesn't have Netflix. If it had Netflix, right. I would probably have got used to the TV app. But the fact that you've got to go out of that to go to something else. Plus, I keep hitting this problem where I will watch episode three of a show and it it recommends to me the next one to watch is episode two. Oh. Yeah, and if, it, if it can't even count, and it happens so often <laughs> with me that I just, uh, you know, I don't go into it. Yeah. So getting me back to it has to be an absolute positive choice to find something. Right. And then I can't because it's not displayed in front of me. So it's quite a frustrating app. I'm definitely with you yes. on that one. As long as you don't want Markdown in the TV app, we're fine. <laughs> no, I'm fine with Markdown never coming to the TV. I'd be all right with that. Okay, thank you. Yeah. But tell me, is there anything on the Mac that you really hope Apple gives you this year? Well, curiously, no, I've been thinking about this. I really like Catalina, and I, I, I haven't had the problems that you have with things uh, for it. I suppose cause even though I do have um, Lunar Display, I, I currently have a, a borrowed wide monitor. So uh, I've just got used to using that and uh, I hope I get to keep it someday. Um, <laughs> so now I've had no issues with that. That's curious, isn't it? What do I want? On the, I, I love the Mac. Why do I not have a shopping list of things I want? Little twiddles, yes, like you, but... Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, actually I started using Hazel uh, after you recommended oh, it. Yeah. Yes. I bought it and love it. And that makes the Mac experience much better. <laughs> you know, the, the third party ecosystem is so robust. You know, if you really wanted a feature or an app that does something like Markdown support in a note taking app, yes. you could find it. You could find a third party app to do it. And the only issue becomes is when you want to collaborate, you know, that's then you're kind of either beholden to Google or Apple. And Google does great at collaboration but it does not integrate as seamlessly as Apple's first-party apps. And so that is that is why I'm really hoping that Apple can up their game on that, especially as we are all working together in uh, different notes and such and sharing. My big problem with all the third-party apps is when I have to go to somebody else's Mac, and I'm thinking, why isn't it doing? Oh, right. that's right, because I haven't got this installed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, you know, if you're setting up a, a new Mac or like on someone else's Mac and 
you go to do a keyboard shortcut that you're accustomed to and it doesn't it doesn't work you know it's yeah those utilities you get used to them and they can be powerful you for do. sure they're brilliant yes but that is the one time i recently moved hard drives same mac but i'm busy for an external drive um and uh, i just kept hitting i didn't want to do a straight migration uh, of things i want to set up from scratch uh, and in the end i was just oh i haven't done that one i haven't done this one forget it set the migration running and i walked away <laughs> went to bed, yeah well, and that's that's increasingly becoming the case because i have homebrew running for a couple things one of them being youtube dl I don't know if you use that, but it's, you know, the ability to download YouTube's using the terminal and uh, using some scripts. I got that going and I found, you know, just little things like that would be more and more painstaking to start from scratch on a new Mac. And so we'll see if if a new iMac comes that's iPad Pro designed with an ARM chip. I'll probably migrate. I don't think I want to start from scratch yeah. again. That's how they get you, isn't it? That's Why it. does migration take so long, though? That's the thing oh, I can't get. I mean, hours and hours. It's and for a, a wired connection as well. Right, exactly. And yeah, it's copying. You know, you're just copying files. So I don't know. Yeah. It does. It there takes you go. Forever. That's an improvement I want in macOS. There you go. Uh, whatever they're going to call the next one. I want faster migrations, please. Very for all good. these new machines I'm going to buy. Yes. That's right. That's right. Very good. Well, listeners, tell us what you want from the new macOS or tvOS, iOS, iPadOS. What do you think Apple's going to announce at WWDC? What would you like to see? You can tweet at William or I. Those links are in show notes. You can email us. That's also in show notes. Or comment on the post when it goes up on appleinsider.com. You go to appleinsider.com and just click the podcast tab, and you'll see the posts for all of our shows, HomeKit Insider and the Apple Insider podcast. Don't forget to check out HomeKit Insider. We talk about HomeKit products and news every week. We'll have an episode coming out two days after WWDC keynote in case there's any big announcements. You can hear Andrew and I talk about it then. And if you haven't yet, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and help us out there. We'd appreciate it. And thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>